a lot of times people are ending up in the hospital system or with physician unnecessarily uh, because they're lonely and they're isolated and they have needs that maybe could have been prevented, like fall risk. So the PALS help to identify these things. Um, so the health plans like it because we can become observers of needs of members and help to close those gaps, uh, whether it be with a PAL by driving you to the doctor or getting your medicine or you know identifying fall risk or what have you, or just being a companion. And now from San Francisco and the UCSF Rosenman Institute, the Health Technology Podcast with your host, Christine Winotto. Our guest today is Andrew Parker, the founder of the fast-growing care platform, PAPA. PAPA offers family on demand in order to give older adults and families aid and companionship. Andrew first built PAPA's platform to support his grandfather, who was so happy with it that Andrew wanted to give the same care to other grandparents. Today, PAPA has grown to 400 employees and Andrew was named one of top 50 healthcare technology CEOs of 2021. Today, we discuss the importance of connection and how to grow a business that matters. Here's our conversation. Well, thank you, Andrew, for joining me today. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited for you to share your story. You've done so much in such a short time. And actually, a lot of the things that you do is really inspiring. And one of these days, probably I will use your service. But I thought before we start, it would be good uh, for us to share your story, your, your personal journey, what brought you to where you are today, what shaped you to start this Papa Health as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much for having me today and happy to tell uh, my story. Uh, so Papa originally started out of a personal need. My grandfather, who we called Papa, needed assistance and support and companionship. He really needed me uh, or one of his other eight grandchildren, uh, but we weren't available. You know, we're busy. We're off in school and work and doing doing life things. And uh, I realized that we could pair him with a young, fun, energetic pal, as I called it back then. I put up a Facebook post and said, who wants to be a pal to my Papa? Got a pretty good response, but it wasn't, you know, an advertisement. It was just on my personal page and uh, paired him with someone. And I think the big aha moment for me was Papa. Uh, you know, my grandfather uh, was all good with it. He liked it. He was the one asking for it. It was bringing him, you know, uh, independence. Uh, and of course, it provided respite to us. So I was pretty amazed by that and started looking at the data. You know, at the time, 10,000 people were turning 65 a day. Fast forward four years later. 11,000 people are turning 65 a day. So it's just compounding growth of the need. And uh, there's a shortage of care providers in this country and frankly, across the globe. And so I figured if we compare Papa uh, with someone that he really enjoys spending time with, a pal, we could we could do that for others and uh, been building Papa ever since. That's great. So it's, it's almost like you're trying to, were you at that time also trying to find more resources because you are busy with your time? And you understand that your grandfather probably can benefit to have the resources that you're providing. A hundred percent. I mean, he was lonely and somewhat isolated and didn't have a car and you know didn't know how to take care of himself. And um, it was nice to be able to have someone that you trust, like an extension to the family and started putting technology behind it uh, slowly but surely. And of course, now it's 
quite advanced uh, from a tech perspective. And we've been growing pretty significantly through Medicare and Medicaid, and it's a covered benefit now. It's interesting because I feel like most people, when they think about their grandfather with this need, the first thing they probably think about, let's just get him a sitter rather yeah. <laughs> than a community. What transpire you? Yeah, I think I realized, well, so at the time I was in healthcare, I was working at a startup called MD Live as a telehealth platform. I was kind of part of that early pioneering group of people thinking about how to provide virtual care, you know, with a physician over the internet as before FaceTime. So I was young in the healthcare industry. And I think when I saw my grandfather needed something like simultaneously, I thought, wow, I could really enable a new type of care and we could you know, we could really scale that. Um, and I figured I could sell it to employers uh, and to health plans, similar to what we did you know, previously at MD Live. So I took a lot of my personal experience, both in everyday life with my grandfather and also uh, in my job. I mean, I was selling uh, software to health systems uh, for a telehealth company. So learned a lot doing that and thought about how to apply that to this need my grandfather had. I think when you combine you know, personal experience with uh, work experience, a lot of positivity could come out of it. What did you learn from your time at the MB Health that you're saying that you're selling to health system? What are the things that you knew then what are they, what they are looking for that you feel like this is what they would be interested in? Yeah, so I joined MD Live, which is an early telehealth company uh, in 2012. It was like 10 of us in a room uh, building a startup. So I learned a lot. I mean, I learned how to build startups, I learned that it's an ever-changing environment. Uh, I learned how to work well with others across different departments and skills and um, you know backgrounds. Uh, I learned how to sell to health plans and sell to employers and what they were looking for. So really customer needs and understanding that at a very deep level. And I started to understand reimbursement in healthcare. And so I was really able to take all of those lessons learned. Frankly, I think I learned more what not to do than what to do. Um, and so I'm trying to avoid some of those things here. Of course, I'll make some mistakes again. We have, but I think learning from those or seeing others, you know, make mistakes and learning that way. I mean, at MD Live, I wasn't running the company; I was in the sales team. But we were a small company, so I kind of did everything. So I learned that it's important to be a player coach. Important to, you know, roll up your sleeves. There's no task too small for anyone. And I think I maintain that mindset as I come over to Papa. And honestly, uh, a lot of that experience has helped. You know, I think Papa grow uh, at the speed we have. What did you learn not to do working with the pairs? Well, you want to make sure. What I think I really learned is that there's a lot of pairs. Uh, there, well, there's a finite amount, but there is a lot still. Um, there's a lot of nuance to members' needs. There's shortages and gaps across all of healthcare, but most of that is things that a you know everyday person could do. Just a really nice person that is you know using technology to capture data, to observe things, to check off tasks, to listen to instructions, to survey. They become, if you have a platform that's highly configurable at the health plan level, at the member level, and can be personalized over time with AI and really advanced technologies, but in the beginning, in a simple way, you know, asking people questions, hey, what do you need? What gives you energy? What helps you? And so I just think I realized by having a telehealth platform back then, uh, if it was highly configurable and could support specialty doctor needs, uh, primary care needs, urgent needs, behavioral health needs, which you're now seeing happen. There's a verticalized telehealth company for every, you know, every need. 
Um, but I kind of built Papa from day one to be configurable, not to be boiling the ocean, but like really a platform that can be configured to, hey, I don't have a car. I don't have food. I don't, I'm lonely. I'm isolated. I haven't been to the doctor in 20 years. I'm, I don't like my health plan. Whatever those things may be, 80% of it can be driven by or delivered by a pal. Uh, and a pal is just a really nice person who's gone through a process. So I think what we learned uh, with health plans and with members is just there's a lot of nuance, um, but there is one product that can solve a lot of those nuance and be the connecting tissue. And that's really what we built in, in a pal platform. It's companionship, but that's that's an umbrella. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that go under it. So maybe I, I, uh, we touched upon a little bit about what Papa Health does, but maybe you can say in a succinct way, what is Papa Health offering? And why yeah. it's making an impact, and why people is—I mean, payers are really interested in. So, so we go by. Numbers. We're just Papa P A P A. Oh, sir, there's no okay. Papa. Papa no, that's a feature within Papa. So, Papa Papa dot com, which uh, is our new uh, website, which we're excited about. Um, it's a platform that connects older adults and families with pals, which are companions that provide companionship and support. So they'll drive you to the doctor. They'll help you out around the house. They'll teach you to use technology. They'll engage with your exercises and help with gaps. So it's on demand, you know, family on demand. It's it's replacing me or my cousins or, you know, thing I did with my grandfather originally and scaling it to the masses. The reason help plans like it is, is a multitude. But really, if I were to summarize it, one, it helps with member retention. Members love this. This is a benefit they want. And so they'll sign up for the plan. Uh, two, it helps to reduce costs of care. Um, you know, a lot of times people are ending up in the hospital system or with physician unnecessarily uh, because they're lonely and they're isolated and they have needs that maybe could have been prevented, like fall risks. So the PALS help to identify these things. Um, so the health plans like it because we can become observers of needs of members and help to close those gaps, uh, whether it be with a PAL by driving you to the doctor or getting you your medicine or, you know, identifying fall risk or what have you, or just being a companion because loneliness as a cost costs our healthcare system about $7 billion a year uh, in loneliness alone, uh, which has trickling effects uh, to your health. Uh, and the third thing is star ratings. Health plans care about star ratings. So we help with member satisfaction. We help close gaps. Um, so we kind of built this platform of ninjas that do a lot of the things that members need and health plans need. And then it's a great job also. As a pal, you can earn a healthy living wage and uh, be proud of the work you do. And so it's almost so you're connecting people who otherwise would not be connected. And safety is always a big issue, right? When you're bringing strangers together, be it from the senior side and also the pal side, how do you ensure that both yeah. people are happy? No, it's one of our top priorities. Uh, we run this entire company based on very finite number of goals. Uh, it's five goals that run the entire company across every uh, team. And so we're really focused on providing a good experience to help plans, to members and pals. And by the way, our own team, um, because the people you know at Pop are really what makes us so great. It's, I'm just one person here. Uh, we've really built a great organization and you know, people that care about what we're doing. So it's very mission-driven. Uh, but we take safety and high quality, you know, at the top of our priorities list. Uh, pals go through a very thorough onboarding process. We look for a personality test, a background check, an interview, and then they go through Pal University, which is virtual training that doesn't end when you sign up uh, and when you get approved. It's continuous. 
These are not five hour long videos, but bite sized things to teach you based on feedback we get within the platform. So really continuous learning and monitoring for the PAL side. Um, and knock on wood, we've never you know really had any incidents. Uh, on the member side, we only work right now with health plans and they're vetted through the health plan and then thoroughly vetted uh, through us as well. So we do an assessment and we speak to on the phone 100% of members uh, on the senior side that use the Papa platform. And so we get a good understanding of who they are. Thankfully, most of them are great and awesome. And it's really about pairing people and using technology to make sure that we can do that on a continuous basis at scale. This podcast is sponsored by Brown Rutnick's Global Life Sciences Group, a team of legal professionals that help life science companies, lenders, and investors around the world turn good science into good business. Learn more at brownrudnick.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Canon Quality Group. Canon Quality Group has been helping medtech startups set up quality management systems for over 10 years. If you're unsure when to get started with quality management in your startup, turn to the experts at canonqualitygroup.com. One of the things that we talk about a lot is cultural differences and how open, how do you also match the PAL and the seniors? Make sure they have the language and also the culture difference. Yeah. Is that important actually it, or not? I don't it, know. It, yeah, it, it's important. I think it's less important than you would typically see in home care. And I think that's the special piece that we have created here, which is. We remove bathing and toileting. This is not a home care service, which is very needed uh, and important. But we would rather them focus on what's called activities of daily living, bathing, toileting, transferring. We focus mostly on companionship and instrumental activities of daily living, driving, helping, assisting, you know, essentially, and companionship, of course. And so the pals um, all go through this personality test so that they're not the same person. They come from all over the world. They speak many different languages. Typically, they're on the younger side. That's not a criteria, but just our average spouse is about 30 years old. Um, and so when they show up to the member, the member almost always likes them, even if they come from a different background. You know, they do like when they speak the same language. They do like you know, some situations where gender uh, selection makes sense, uh, if appropriate, to the member's need. Uh, but for the most part, it's kind of you are being paired with a pal. And 99% of the time, the first pal that shows up is the pal that you want as your preferred pal. And it's because we're really looking for someone who's just super caring and thoughtful and nice uh, and can speak the same language as you. And if you have those things, everything else is less important. And what's exciting is you can learn from each other's cultures. Um, And I think we're seeing that a lot more than you would typically see. Older adults that maybe only saw their own culture their entire lives are being exposed to younger people um, you know, interested in bring new ideas to, to people's daily life. It's really kind of special that you mm-hmm. can share experiences. And that's part of what we're trying to build here. It's almost like, I'm, I'm sure this is not even true. I know you were recently partnered with Uber. It almost feel like you're bringing the Uber driver, but more like a personality and helpful concierge for the seniors, but not just driving you around. Exactly. Um, so are these pal... I don't know what law that you have to follow. Like Uber driver has now there's so many different things like the gig economy. Are they employee of Pal Papa or we, what a Pal? We have a yeah. Papa has a mixed uh, employee base. Some are gig workers. Some are W two. Um, a lot of it's up to the Pal, uh, and it's based on the amount of work they're doing. And so unlike Uber, we don't 
which Uber is an amazing partner. Unlike ride-sharing companies, uh, their model works better when they have more supply than demand uh, because they need to be able to press a button. Someone's outside. Most of our visits are scheduled and recurring. And so we have a smaller, <clears throat> smaller network of pals, which allows us to give them more work. Um, and so we do have full-time pals, part-time pals. It's very, very flexible. But what we do love about our network of pals is that, you know, you can do more if you'd like. Uh, you could be a pal for the rest of your career. That's an amazing opportunity. Uh, or you can kind of grow within the Papa ecosystem uh, where you start as a pal, you become a care pal, which is a full-time you know, phone virtual pal. Uh, you could become a team lead. Uh, we've had pals go from pals to product managers. And so what's unique about a pal is it's a whole new network of people that otherwise were not tapped to provide care to seniors. Um, and maybe didn't want to, but by removing traditional home care requirements like bathing and toileting, which we don't do, we've really unlocked this new supply of people that do want to go on to be nurses and doctors and data scientists and product managers and engineers and really it runs the gamut. And so I think that's kind of a very cool part of the business that I don't think we initially expected. And it's been quite organic and it's been awesome. And I like looking at your website, like you're saying, you try to make your uh, technology uh, be uh, what's the word that you're using? Is that something that can be reconfigured for many different configurable? Things. Yep, right, configurable, and which you've done. Like you do the pharmacy, you do so many different things, um, and partnering with the Uber. Is it mostly a lot of the things that you think about that happen because you design it from the technology side, or is it more? other things well so just to make sure i understand we, what we do at papa is design things for our customers um that's been true since the beginning mostly we've made our fair share of mistakes like most do uh, came up with an idea to pair a companion with my grandfather immediately thought i would build an app where you could request pals uh, and look at profiles quickly realized that that app was built based on what I thought was necessary, but not what my users were telling us and not by answering a survey, but like by user behavior. Quickly started to understand how important that was as you scale a platform, um, really moved our entire thing to a phone call. Most of our members were doing a phone call. Uh, and then we spent more time building the tech on the PAL side uh, and the care center side because we had to also provide technology requirements that the help plan had which is a customer, the members had, which is a customer, our pals, which are customers, and then our full-time care team, uh, which are customers. So we're really like a four-sided marketplace. If you throw in the family there, it gets even more complicated, which we support as well. Uh, so I think what we've always done is make decisions based on that. And what we found is the configurable piece was, a, was the human being. I mean, it started with very advanced technology called humans, uh, you know, debatably the most advanced, maybe not for long, we'll see. Uh, but... I think the insight we had is that this person could do a lot and there's things that they can't do, which you know home care can do and nurses can do. But a lot of it is just kind of everyday tasks. And so we don't have to productize everything. It's The product is already working well. It's a human. And then we have to use the product, the technology, to make sure that the human could do their job most consistently. And so it's really about combining human touch and, and tech. Uh, the tech is more on the peripheral. Uh, however. If you want to request a pal, sure, you can do that through an app. If you want to message your pal, or if you want to send data to your family, or if you want to follow up with your help plan, you can do all that through the app. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's whatever you want. And it's really curated around the needs of our five customers. <laughs> Just a yeah. few. 
But that sounds good. I mean, like when you say it like that, it's almost like, gosh, that's so genius. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> think about it and you make it easy for everybody to interact. And I think that's uh, that's why there's a lot of uh, adoption as well. Genius and simplicity. Right, exactly. I, I think that re- requires a lot of thoughtfulness and listening and insight. Um, and by the way, I, I think I mentioned earlier, like congratulations on your... Uh, recent race, you you guys raised quite a bit of funding uh, to do a lot of your scaling. I'm sure. Um, I said you make it look so easy. Is this is like just? It, but I'm sure there's a lot of uh, ups and downs that you have to go through when you start Papa. If you can share that with us. Yeah, I mean, starting anything that you care, doing anything you care about comes with good and bad. I think. I mean, I'm very passionate about what we're doing. Uh, I don't think of it necessarily as easy and hard. This is just what I want to be doing. I think of it as fun and it's engaging and, and we're helpful. You know, having struggling moments is just part of it. You know, I'm not going to pretend like sometimes it's not hard uh, or tiring or what have you, but I don't like harping on that really. I don't think I'm sitting there being like, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just kind of chip away at it. I mean, if you look at it from... Actually, my product engineering team had a good analysis. So on uh, January 1, we grow a lot every every year. Uh, we've grown three, 400%. And it happens over a very short period of time you know, because we kind of contract in advance. And for those Game of Thrones fans watching, I assume a good majority of the people here, uh, you know, it's not like you're walking up and it's the, the, you know, the North Wall. And this huge wall in front of you that's just like, boom, up there. Yes. And there's a gradual... Change. You're not going to go from being on the ground to being on top of the wall. Uh, there's kind of this almost like chip away or step functionality to it. Uh, a lot of the outsiders see just kind of the end result. You see the press release, you see the customers. Uh, but I think that's great. But what's great is all the things that you do. And then ultimately, if that helps you to accomplish getting over the wall or achieving you know, your next step. And I think also it's important to celebrate small wins can't just celebrate when you raise money, which isn't something to be that excited about. It's more exciting when you help an older person or you hear the story about a woman, you know, who you you were able to save her in such a crazy way, or, you know, someone who hasn't really seen the outside world in 10 years, or, you know, just with my own family, you know, making them proud too. So uh, I think there's definitely uh, good and hard parts of it, but I really don't harp on it in that way. I'm just, waking up and pretty excited about you know what we're doing to help the world and it makes us feel good i think that's 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 the thing in life people sometimes uh assume that of course the headline is always what's big right uh but i think a lot of the thing is the little things in life that kind of you know bring joy for the day-to-day activity and And we try to be stoic about it you know we try to be stoic about it yeah um so one of the things that what makes a pal, you know, finding what's the right fit for a pal? Because, you know, you want to have somebody who is compassionate, who has really interest in the well-being of the seniors. Because I think I would imagine that with somebody that I want to have to be with my parents. And how do you identify those? We go through a very thorough process. I mean, to be honest, most of it is obvious. Like, I always think about my own mom. She, like if you just have 10 people in the room, she could like really quickly, not 
making judgments. She'd have to talk to you and understand who you are. But a lot of it is self-selection. We do find a lot of the people that apply are pretty great at being pals. There's more than just being a nice person. Obviously, that's a big part of it. But it's being responsible, right. being comfortable with this type of people. Not this type of people, but like this demographic, older, sometimes cranky. Uh, they Sometimes they're living in situations that are messy or disastrous. Um, and just to make them aware of it. But it's really just an awesome person who's easygoing, who's a good listener. Uh, you know, I have four brothers, three others. I like to use my own family as anecdotes. My two of us, we'd be great pals. I'd be a good pal. Uh, I am a pal. I'm a pal right now. Actually, at Papa, we have Be a Pal program where, you know, if pretty much if you're a Papa employee, you're also a pal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not only, uh, you, you know, just people that are providing companionship, you know, kind of offering pals to the world. So just someone who's caring and thoughtful. And my two other brothers, they wouldn't be pals. They're not bad people, by the way. They're not criminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe <laughs> when we were younger. <laughs> no, no, all jokes aside, they're all, they're all great guys and, and people. Uh, but you know, two of them are just not that patient. They wouldn't want to do it. Um, but that doesn't make them an evil person. It's just, they're not a pal. So mm-hmm. it's just someone that you could probably, you know, choose. You seem like you'd be a great pal. Uh, me? Oh. As a note. Yes, Christine, you'd be a great that, pal. That'll be good. Um, that I can think about that um, for when you guys are looking for a pal one of these days. <laughs> um, so I know you mentioned earlier what drives you is all this, you know, the fact that you make a difference in some of the people's lives. Can you share some of that so that we can also share some of your joy? Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, there's so many cool stories. Um, most of them are hanging out and helping out. We have this guy who we love talking about. His name is Sam. He's on our website. If you ever want to see a video, he's absolutely hilarious. He actually went on the Today Show with me uh, a few years ago before you know Papa was big at all. And he's just a funny guy. He uh, he's almost 100 years old. He weighs like 110 pounds, soaking wet, very thin guy. Uh, and for his birthday, we all, uh, my whole Papa team, the entire company, did a Zoom chat. He was in person with a pal. We got him set up on Zoom. He was at Dunkin' Donuts, his favorite uh, donut shop that he goes to for most of his birthdays. They all know him. It's really cute. And uh, we did 200 people on Zoom with him. And we all sang him happy birthday in real time. It made him, made him feel good, but I think it made us feel so good. And he, he just feels part of the group. So that's one example. We have uh, the, the founder of Kaiser University, a academic uh, center here in Miami. And she's like 94 years old and she has a pal that drives her to work and helps her out. We had an early surfer who goes to the beach with a pal and they just dip their toes in the sand. But there's just story after story after story. And it's just, just amazing. People that are just completely alone and, you know, they don't have a Peloton and they don't have to use YouTube and not big on Netflix. Um, and they're just kind of, kind of by themselves. And so for someone to just call them and just say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, what are you, what are you thinking? You know, tell us about your life. Their lives are amazing. I mean, I'm 33 years old. Most of our members are 75 to 85 years old, if not older. They have way more experience than me. I want to hear their story. And then them giving back, you know, their story to the palace is so powerful because pals, you know, or pal age groups are lonely too. Loneliness is not, you know, siloed to older people. In fact, a Sigma study shows that younger adults are more lonely than older adults for different reasons. And maybe they don't show it as much, or maybe it doesn't seem as obvious, or maybe it's kind of something people are more afraid to talk about, but you shouldn't be, you mm-hmm. know, because 
everyone can feel it. It's something that everyone's felt in some way, shape, or form. I feel like the older you are, the more honest with yourself that you become. And I think yeah. maybe the ego kind of, you know, decreasing while you're younger. I'm you're lonely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Help me here. Uh, yeah. Only everybody can learn from the more mature and wiser older people. Maybe we all solve this lonely problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Um, it's nice to be part of so many nice stories. Yeah. So what's next for Papa? Like, um, is this something that you see? Because you're here operating in the US, do you think this is something that you can transform to other part of the world? And you know, granted, in different part of the world, culturally, culture-wise, like I, I was born and raised in Indonesia, where the family are still closely yeah. knit. Like grandparents are taken care by family members. Yeah. And do you see things are changing in different part of the world? No, I mean culture has a big part. In this, uh, I think it is changing, though, across the world, not in every country, obviously, but there's some countries that are, you know, people are having less children than ever before. Um, You know, for example, in China, the one-child policy that was created many years ago uh, is having negative consequences now where they just don't have enough people to work or take care of the older adults. And um, I I think they actually have an opposite thing going on now. Um, Japan, the aging population is significant. Uh, people are just living long in Japan. They're healthy. They're uh, calm, you know, mentally for more more so than the United States. And so people are living longer. Um, and so there needs to be people to care for them. In fact, there was this New York Times article about women who were creating petty crimes in Japan because they were lonely, uh, so that they can be in a community. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Japanese jail is a little is, <laughs> <laughs> could be pretty zen-like. Um, I personally would love to go. With uh, good Japanese Japan. food. Yeah, good Japanese food. It doesn't sound too bad, actually. Um, <laughs> but I think the answer is yes in some places. You know, uh, the UK has a minister of loneliness uh, in that they've appointed at the government, you know, national level uh, where they have a national health system and they're moving towards value-based care. So any health uh, country that's driving healthcare towards value-based care, I think we'll see value in this because... You may be there with your nucleus family, but it's not the same as it was. A lot of people are leaving their home countries, leaving their you know families, not not leaving their you know kind of going beyond just living within their family ecosystem. And times are changing. So, but I don't want that to happen. I think it's sad. I'm very close with my family. Just to be mm-hmm. open about it, my mom and I see each other. She wants me to see her more. <laughs> always <laughs> mom always does that <laughs> mom always does that and i try my best and i try, try to spend a lot of time with my grandma so we're pretty close uh but still life happens and people are busy so i think yes uh, we will expand across the country now across the world but not not today not tomorrow <laughs> yeah Soon. yeah so i know that we are running close to a time and i want to make sure that we capture what are the free lesson learned that you can share with our entrepreneurs, not only as being an entrepreneur, but I think the fact that you spend a lot of time with seniors who have gone through a lot of things in life that kind of instill in you about your outlook about life might be also a good lesson learned to share as well. Oh, I love that. Well, I would say be a good person. Uh, One of Papa's core values is be a really good person. Uh, And it's important. I think if you... Mostly just do that. Everything else 
you can figure out. But if you just try extra hard, I think that's important. I think that also helps you have a calm mind. Uh, and a calm mind helps with aging, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but it just feels right. Uh, yoga, stretching, I actually will tell you, is something big. People do not start to have gates in their walk you know, overnight. And it's not, I don't think, because, again, I'm not a scientist. It's just what I've observed. Uh, because they're lifting heavy weights, which is fine to do, but stretching and being flexible. So I think having a healthy mind and a healthy body is, is really, really, really critical. Uh, in terms of building a company, chip away at it. I mean, there is no big red button. There is no big red button, 100%. Uh, and so little tiny buttons that add up to one big one, uh, some of them may seem trivial, uh, but they probably aren't. And celebrate kind of the 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 win there uh and if you lose that's okay don't hold it down so try to be stoic about it those are Mm -hmm. my few pieces of advice on life and what i try my best i'm not perfect by any means so i try my best to live by as well i think to celebrate the small wins also give a lot of morale boost to the team which makes the work environment more fun it's got to be fun be a good person make it fun not too fun not too fun. <laughs> Not too fun. We do, we, do live in, we do live in Miami, you know. So, okay. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Health Technology Podcast. We want to thank our executive producer, Herminio Neto, and our podcast engineer, Andrew Rojek. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. The Health Technology Podcast is available on all major platforms.